2: My no, my. Ra. welcome to the Spinoff Superpod 2019, where we get as many spin-off podcasters as we can in one room to talk about the year that was and share our predictions for the year ahead. It's a hot mess of an idea that nobody asked for, and we're back for the third year in a row. Support so yourself at baileys and settle in. Call the only Hayden's here, tēne, I'm the co-host of the Spinoff Feminist podcast and web series On The Rag. I'm joined today by my On The Rag co-host, Alex Casey. Kia ora who's also pulling double duty for The Real Pod, the experts on reality TV and real life in Aotearoa, with her co-host, spin-off Big Boss, Duncan Grieve. Kia ora. And a big mahita, all the cornies listening. Uh, Duncan's also the host of the newest pod, The Fold, where he obsesses over the media with other media bosses. Uh, I'm also joined today by Toby Manhaia, editor of the spin-off.co.nz. Kia ora. Uh, and political PR guy, Ben Thomas. Hello. Uh, they're two of the co-hosts of our politics podcast, Gone by Lunchtime. Actually, missing... I
3: host. I ho- it's not co-hosted. Oh, it's I just co-hosted co-hosted by I hosted by Toby.
2: Yeah. Pulling point. rank. Yeah. Uh, helping them make sense of the year in politics is minor party enthusiast Alex Bray. Hello. Who produces The Bulletin every weekday morning, straight into your inbox. Alex also co-hosted an epic Cricket World Cup podcast series this year, The Offspin. With New Zealand's most intense cricket fan, spin-off commercial editorial director Simon Day. That's me. <laughs> Simon's other obsession is food and he co-hosts dietary requirements with our food editor Alice Neville. Kia ora. They have kindly donated some festive Ooh, wow. bubbles for the Superpod today. Kia ora.
1: Can I also just say I also made a, a brief appearance on the offspin
2: oh sure True. yeah True. Uh, we can cover all the cameos later okay sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry. and finally reaping all on her own for the literary folks of aotearoa is louisa cossett from our books podcast paper cuts welcome all thank you for joining us for this very ill-advised event um we're gonna start <laughs> with the lowlights of 2019 because we're gonna get the whining out of the way i'm gonna start with the real um it's been a roller coaster for your pod because you guys lost Jane to LA.
4: Oh, oh my god, I didn't even think about that as a low light. That's really ruined <laughs> my life. That
5: That's stink. really ruined my
4: life. Great. But yep. hey, predictions for twenty twenty. Or Jane back. back. I want her back. You oh, you I want a petition. It's to a prediction. It's a prediction. Yeah. Um so that really messed up. But you know, we did figure out how to use Skype, which was useful.
6: Yeah, Jane, Jane's still with us. She's just like yeah. a little square on um, the middle of the table and it's it's different, we've, we've, we've come to terms with it.
2: You've mastered the technology. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what are the other, <laughs> yeah, your other lowlights? It's been a, a weird time in reality TV land in 2019.
6: Yeah, my highlight and my lowlight are both from the Married at First Sight cinematic universe. Yeah. Um, the, the New Zealand's version of Married at First Sight has basically always been horrible um just some combination of boring and and toxic and it really like elevated that to to its kind of most uh like unpleasant um example this year with before it even started one of the grooms turned out to have like an outstanding i think assault uh charge in a different country and had to be edited out and it was just a very unpleasant and kind of protracted saga and it it sort of set the stage for for a a series that just really never got out of that funk don't you reckon Mm.
4: well it started with that and it ended with you may remember in the finale jimmy calling someone a slut six times in one sentence too many
2: times too many times exactly
4: exactly and i think it just it really showed the kind of the, the ran the gauntlet of kind of structural sexism and showed how it's all kind of interlinked in a web. You know, you saw the guy who was edited out kind of growing down with Jimmy <laughs> in like one of the really early, early kind of uh, stag do's. And I just think it really, it was just really ugly and horrible.
0: I feel like a bit too much attention was given to Jimmy's sexism at the expense of his weird animalistic kind of National Geographic facial expressions <laughs> when he was threatening to beat up the 50 year old guy. He just started sort of baring his teeth and licking his lips. It was like a kind of David Lynchian sort of end of Twin Peaks kind of horror scene. Like... Like he had seen somebody acting intimidatingly on a movie or something, but never tried it out
6: on the mirror before busting it out drunk on national TV. Maybe we don't then that—that has been Thomas's annual audition for RealPod, which he always completely aces. And one of the, the <laughs> most really walked
3: into the building, saying that he's only here to talk about maths. So this is the high point of his year. I'm not even joking.
0: I've been dirt tracking in a fucking polo- political podcast for three years. <laughs> Just just to get some good takes on reality <laughs> TV out to the public.
2: Are there any other reality TV fans or is it just all over here in the corner?
1: Yeah, I watched Maths. It got quite grim and depressing. Mm, it always does. Yeah. It always does. It's because I mean, it's
2: a stupid premise for a TV show. Totally. Disagree. It probably well, won't we'll
7: be all coming back. So. got to meet
1: someone somehow, Leonie. Right.
2: <laughs> Alice Neville, season 2020. Yeah, sure. Imagine, Great. imagine that. It'd
1: be just amazing
7: like, if Alice was in the spin-off of the I don't think they'd accept me. On Married at First
4: <laughs> it's the meta step they need to take in yeah. the genre, I think, mm. for us to be inside. Yeah. As in it the world. I'd also just like to shout out one of my, my other low light is uh, Sam Wallace on Celebrity Treasure Island, who did not deserve to win. Oh, that's Basically, true. um It was Shannon Ryan's game. Yeah. And Sam Waller showed himself right to be a very way, bad they. sport. <laughs> really dumb in that final yeah. challenge. Him yeah. and the Wiz and Shane Cameron were running around. They had no <laughs> idea how to put the clues together. It was just complete chance that he won. Sharon Ryan was robbed.
2: She was robbed. It's a uh, patriarchy, in my opinion. Please your defamation letters to the spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> that, that,
6: that trio... If that's the patriarchy, <laughs> <laughs> incredible that it's lasted as long as it has.
5: <laughs> Fair call.
2: Yep. Hey, well, that's a, a great um, way to segue. Thanks, Dunk. Speaking hey. of the patriarchy, yeah. uh, Alex and I, as I mentioned, co hosts of uh, Feminist Podcasts on the Rag. There've been some real shitters for women this year. Some real shitters. Um but okay. I would probably say the worst part of the year would probably be Grace Millane, her murder and the trial around her murder. What's what do you think? I would say that sticks
4: out as a nightmarish low light that I think a lot of people are still recovering
2: from. Um
4: I particularly found the relentless coverage around it, unlike anything I've ever seen, kind of for my own mental health. Yeah. Really uh, was a completely new sort of a, a journey um and i c- realized i couldn't trust myself to not read uh, everything yeah. did so anyone
2: was... else get that the just the media oversaturation
1: yes yep yeah, especially around the trial um all well, the push notifications got a bit much
2: did you turn them off
1: no of course <laughs> no. not yeah
8: <laughs> This has just been part of my general media blackout for this year. I've decided right. not to consume, mm. really, any current affairs because it makes me feel nauseous. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, mainly Trump stuff and Grace uh-huh. Blaine stuff.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, and will you continue that on for 2020?
8: Oh, we'll see, we'll see. Maybe <laughs> I can... Maybe someone can change my mind. Maybe I'll... <laughs>
2: I wow.
4: want to know what you think has happened this year.
8: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea. I'm, that's why I'm so nervous to be on this podcast.
3: How do you think Liz in a is <laughs> doing as Prime Minister? Yeah. You yeah. The right amount of
2: <laughs> Um Will you turn your notifications back on next year for an election year?
8: Yeah, I probably will. Yeah, yeah. more to say on that later. Yeah. Yeah. More, yeah, more on that later. My future, my future um, predictions.
2: Um, pundits in the room. How are we looking for an election? Did did 2019 set set us up right, or is next year going to hell in a handbasket?
0: Can't wait. Oh, cool. The hey. the, U, the UK election was was merely an appetizer. <laughs> <for> the, oh. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's it's actually going to be really interesting seeing how much cut through our politicians can get in the midst of a US election, um, because primarily because of the internet, I think but it's always been a factor um you know trump's re-election bid is you know cast a pall over basically the entire world um you know as Louise was uh, louise was saying you know you know it kind of infects every area of our lives right like it's this constant presence with us psychically you know and a lot of the time you know physically and visually through media and you know To what extent can Jacinda Ardern and Simon Bridges be more compelling than Trump uh, and his re-election bid? So, you know, in a way, our politicians won't just be struggling against each other for airtime and oxygen, but the US. When is the US election? Next year. But more (laughs) (laughs) specifically. It's sort of early November.
7: And the New Zealand election? Who
3: knows? We don't know yet. Uh, it will be announced, I think the Prime Minister has signalled that she will, as her predecessor did, uh, announce the election date in the kind of first couple of months of the year, and it will probably be probably be September. As always, these things depend uh, chiefly, and this isn't even a joke, on the all-black schedule.
5: <laughs> really? Yeah. Good
3: God. Because you don't want to have an election on a day when there's a home test match. Or a test match on that, on because the, elections in New Zealand are on Saturdays, we know. It. Oh. Yeah, that's true.
0: School holidays as well is the other major factor. They want people in their electorates. Oh,
2: oh yeah. Sure. Oh, my God, I'm learning. So yeah. you, usually,
0: one, one, once you know the sort of quarter of the year that it'll be in, you can usually narrow it down to sort of three or four possible dates.
2: Um, now, is it true that National have got some kind of um, sophisticated propaganda video-making wonderkints on their campaign now. (laughs) I'll
3: I'll, I'll ask Ben to confirm this because I know he enjoys talking on the subject, but I think they've got um, four floors underground in a (laughs) nuclear-powered bunker, an oriental parade, with several hundred uh, recruits from some of the most nefarious Russian troll farms working around (laughs) the clock preparing memes. Right,
0: yep. broadly speaking, yes, um no there's uh, it it's actually an an interesting illustration of the way that misinformation spreads in an election year um as tweeted by gallery star Henry Cook yesterday that a lot of the people who are so concerned about the possibility of online misinformation in the election year next year just take it as an article of faith that topham Gur and the sort of social media wonderkins who have um helped Boris Johnson to re-election, helped Scott Morrison to re-election this year, are uh, working for National and driving their impressive meme factory and disinfo um, engine. And it's it's not true. You know, the, the, there is no there is no business relationship between Topham Gurren and National right now. I think there's a bit of cognitive dissonance that some people on the left feel a bit, you know, anxious about admitting that they're being owned online by a couple of 25-year-olds on parliamentary staffer salaries.
3: It's true, certainly, that um, there was a delegation from the National Party that went earlier this year over to Australia to uh, collect some learnings from the Morrison campaign, uh, which, of course, won against the odds over Labour. And safe to say, I don't think anyone would deny that they took away uh, quite a few... Lessons, including that they needed to be a bit more of the moment, a bit more like with their social media output, and it's 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 working at the moment mostly because everyone's in a lather over it.
0: Yeah, and but I mean, and that's internet culture, yep. you know. I mean, I, I, I'm, yeah. I, I myself am a, a, a swift adapter of overseas memes, <laughs> if if I think there's any faves <laughs> or RTs in it. Like.
2: I mean, to be fair, they have to pass the spin-offs, Madeline Chapman's uh, scrutiny first. Is high she's very much your she mentor, you mentor She memes, did. isn't she? Yeah, she <laughs> grades you very harshly.
0: Um yeah but I look I I like to think of Mine and Med's relationship as a partnership <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: mentorship
0: She uh, yeah, I I did provide her with the um well-being framework graph from Treasury which you know my contribution to New Zealand meme culture.
2: Well, oh, that was that was a hit, obviously. <laughs>
0: Chapman Thomas, what, what, <laughs> new firm. <Just> saying. <laughs> um, although I think we all know that Mad, Mad's memes will be the highlight of the 2020 election campaign Absolutely. for everyone.
2: that's a great prediction for the 2020 election. Um, Alex Bray, mm. um, as the guy with his finger on all of the pulses Many when pulses. it comes to news and media <laughs> in New Zealand. Um, When this year do you think we conducted ourselves the worst as a nation?
9: Oh, really?
5: Yeah.
9: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's tempting to say, like, literally today, when uh, the entire online world got really excited about a Twitter war between Simon Bridges and Nigel Latter,
5: (laughs) (laughs) which, I mean, it just
9: sounds like one of those word salads sort of... um, It really does. You know, but... Um no look I, I think uh I think New Zealand's uh sort of political and media watching culture this year has conducted itself kind of as well as could be expected and that's sort of really breathless and uh you know way over excited about far too many things um and uh, and I think we can just expect that to continue
2: yeah more of the same, or a more intense version? Oh, worse, yeah, worse, much, much
9: worse. worse. Everything yeah. always gets worse in yeah. that in that area. So I, I would say much worse.
2: Um, do you have any other news lowlights for twenty nineteen?
5: Hmm. hmm.
2: Um. Uh, well, There we a lot of like national disasters this year. To be yeah, fair. yeah. They
9: are. I mean, they are <laughs> definitely bad. <laughs> too spicy (laughs) edit it out in post (laughs) yeah but i mean i think part of the part of the problem with those sort of events is that they were really relentless this year and they become so much so that uh, you know you're just sort of like wow this is uh, it's all just happening again Uh, you know I, i think the The way that I summed up the year when we did a similar sort of spinoffy thing last year was, wow, it turns out things can actually get worse. And 2019, I could have just repeated the exact same thing, except for the fact that Toby was checking them. And and so I couldn't just...
7: (laughs) But you seem to be feeling a lot more uh, positive about uh, the global community's ability to mitigate climate change. What gave you that impression? Yesterday (laughs) yesterday you said in the bulletin... um, in reference to China, Australia and the US, oh, yeah. that such countries will be the death of us all.
9: Yeah, yeah. so what, <laughs> what we really need to do is just stop thinking about those countries and I think we'll all be a lot happier if we do.
2: Well, sage advice there from Alex Bray. Mm-hmm. As um, always. I'm going to assume for the offspin, for both Alex and Simon, one of the biggest tragedies of the year was probably almost winning the cricket world cup and then not winning we the did cricket win world cup.
7: well i've come to reconcile that game um by thinking of it as if we had won in the way we should it would have been maybe a top 10 game of cricket of all time
5: Yeah.
7: but the way we went about losing it meant that we got to participate in the single greatest game of cricket ever played
2: oh well, that's a positive so, spin yeah, so
7: hey, it's, it's both so the highlight didn't... and the low light of my year. It's a very guys... New Zealand idea.
5: I know, it?
3: isn't
5: it? Isn't it? Just <laughs> when you, win, you
7: wait your whole life for something to happen that might never happen again, uh, and you don't quite reach the uh, the pinnacle of that moment, um, you know, you have to try and find a way to make sure that uh, your entire existence wasn't just a waste of time.
2: Um, can you talk us through the actual World Cup time and the podcast that you guys? We're recording um because you guys were doing some pretty gnarly like 3am 4am records and so a lot of all-nighters so i think did you go mad
7: a little bit i think what can really capture (laughs) the whole sort of vibe of the spin-off was i stayed up all night to watch new zealand play bangladesh very close game uh i was watching us just become victorious in the car park of mercy hospital where i went in to have um, my eight week uh, scan and my wife uh, was was pr- newly pregnant and sort of half an hour after that adrenaline filled match which i'd stayed up all night for. i found out we were having twins and <laughs> then i had to go straight from mercy hospital to the studio to record a podcast with alex Millie was just driving around and around the spin block not knowing what the hell to do. Uh, and then I had to um
9: I, I just want to point out I did not know about this and I would have sent him back outside if I had
7: <laughs> But then I had to spend the whole day at work as well. It was um you know, things got things got rough. Would you yeah. describe it as buzzy? It was very buzzy. <laughs> yes. The the biggest buzz was the uh the weirdest buzz was that day after the final trying to work after after that
6: match, was that when Toby was wearing sunglasses inside the whole day, and our faces were all the colour of sort of Toby yeah. ancient ash? Toby looked yeah. like he had. Toby
7: looked like he had just lost his children in a savage custody battle. <laughs> uh, Worse.
1: I just arrived back from a fleeting visit to Europe, so I was jet lagged and sad and tired, oh, an emotional and probably hungover, knowing me.
9: Yeah, actually, just on that, that was actually one of the highlights of the podcast. Getting a a live report from Lords itself. Yes, thank you, from Alice Neville. Um, Typically, when people give live reports in the news, it's about the actual events that are unfolding. (laughs) But Alice uh, had absolutely no interest in that. We heard a lot about the beer. We heard a lot about the curry there. The colour. (laughs) I think I
1: said some stuff about the cricket, but then you cut it out. And then what actually went live was just. The, the the Atmos, the vibes, which was fine. That was good. I
9: mean, we ran out of time. Yeah. So, so the vibes were what was <laughs> missing. Priorities. Of, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it was that great was calling never vibe in. Do you know at Lord's you can BYO alcohol, which just blew my mind. So that's why I sounded very merry, that's even great. though we'd lost. Hey, um, Alice. Yes. Describe to me the absolute
2: worst food trends of
1: 2019. Hmm. Yeah, see. I just saw that on your screen. and was like, ah, food trends of 2019. Okay, so. Or restaurants. Uber Eats.
2: food people. There's
1: been a lot of Uber Eats, like ghost restaurants. That could be seen as a bad trend, I'd say. Uber Eats is the worst trend. Uber Eats
7: is killing New Zealand uh, restaurants.
1: Can Can you explain why? Yeah, why are the ghost restaurants specifically bad? I don't know. I just was clutching I mean, it. It's oh, quite Ooh. scary, yeah. Scary.
6: <laughs> They're fucking terrible. Spooky phone.
1: Trends, I don't Can't know, we freak shakes. freak shakes this year. I think they might have been on the bad yeah, food trend list for last year, What about year, donut actually? walls? Is that 2019? <gasps> oh, well, fucking platters where you've oh, got
6: table. the grazing I table. I believe we dissected grazing yes. tables
4: last super pod. See, I don't know if Toby kind of any from. Nap
5: <laughs> and just know, like saying something
4: weird there? about hampers. Yeah, I remember that. What's They're a like Well oh, yeah, What's yeah, a donut wall? It's just wall? like a piece of wood with a bunch of like, <laughs> it's like a knobs wall. on it with donuts hanging off it. And it's always like, do not leave without taking one. Oh my one. god, oh my oh god, god yeah. I've like never PR heard of the sounds weird. I think I
5: love it. Oh, That's like a good trend. trend.
6: Right.
2: Where where have you experienced this Online.
5: I
6: had one. I had one at the Breakers. Which ah. are, I mean, bad. Speaking of bad trends. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they really <laughs> confirm it.
1: I've got some low lights, but they're not trends as such. They're have at it. Uh, Cadbury continued to fuck us over mm. by splitting the marshmallow Easter eggs. So they were half eggs. Oh, yeah. That was a, a big scandal. Yeah, but we fixed them didn't we, we Alex? We glued right. them back together and you helped, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. You can always
2: yeah. rely on the spin-off to do the hard work
1: um, Other low lights, there were a lot of closures and bad times in the hospitality industry as a whole uh, Queen's Rise, my story there were a lot of woes there for the businesses, you can read my story for more details
2: Spill up the code Yeah, Mercury
1: Plaza <laughs> closed, Clooney closed, I um, Overseas, there was the Jamie restaurant empire falling. If you recall yes. that, he's, he's still
2: like a multi billionaire, yeah. About, right? he's fine. But when we don't feel bad for him about that, do we? Yeah, nah, not really. He's all right, he's all right. Toby, can, can I ask you about out. a food thing?
0: Yes. yes, there was a restaurant that closed on Ponsonby Road after a um, after oh, like an all yeah. you can drink brunch, yes,
5: <laughs> <laughs> gone, Mr. Wrong? Tom's. gone wrong, gone oh. wrong, yeah, uh,
0: and yeah, and. Like There were a few news stories about it, about how disgruntled patrons had been left getting drunk in the sun for hours on their free margaritas while, um, while their food didn't arrive. And then both of the stories just had a sort of stray aside about um, how a waiter told the customers that every, everything had been tracking along fine until the two chefs had, like, fallen out completely and both left in opposite right. directions. <laughs>
1: That's probably always and not a good I, sign.
0: I want 8,000 words on that. Yeah. Yeah, I okay. want, like, a long read <laughs> yeah, on the I boring think... Ponsonby Road yeah. chefs okay. who, like, left everyone to, like, dehydrate in the was sun. Was this
2: just in one day? The chefs just got angry and left and then everyone got o- Over the goes. course of
0: brunch, I think.
2: Yeah.
7: Wow. Bottomless brunches was definitely a, a bad trend, actually, trend actually, yeah. of 2019.
2: Yeah, I feel like they're quite kind popular, of aren't they? Trend. It's not
7: surprising that Genius it ended plan. up in a two chefs fighting and people not getting their we food.
2: We can't be, like, trusted. New Zealanders can't be trusted to have bottomless anything. That's true.
7: <laughs> so in Japan, they have bottomless, uh, you get an hour of to eat as much food and uh, you get free drinks. You know, you pay for a window of time at these Japanese restaurants and... Lovely Japanese people go in and just use it as a little bit of freedom. But uh, yeah. when New Zealand tourists go and experience it's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. it, it is a disaster. Yeah,
1: I think the club meds around the world have like all you can drink packages, but the Pacific ones are the only ones they don't have them at because they can't trust New Zealand and Australian tourists. Or um I have do
4: a do food there. query. Yes. Cuz this is also one of my lowlights of the year. You yeah. might remember Erin Simpson's uh, oh, yes. lunch from the day before her wedding. <laughs> yeah, okay. I do. I she do. instagrammed uh, a photo of her lunchbox. Her mum had made her lunch. Cute. And it was yes. two hard boiled eggs, mm. two yogurts, and kind of just like a smear of mayonnaise.
8: Where was the mayonnaise?
4: In its own little container. Oh, weird. It was like a little bento lunchbox. Okay. So it was split up. Yeah. But I'm like, that's in a car. That's room temp. That's the day before your wedding. Yeah. Oh, and I've got a lot of feelings. We yeah. started the kind of private versus public egg debate on the real one, oh, which yeah. kind of went viral. And that two different people
1: came up to me and said,
4: I'm with you on the private eggs.
1: I, I think it's a private food. Mark Callagher was eating a boiled egg yesterday at work or the other day. This is yeah, is
2: news to me today. I. Prodigiously eat a lot of boiled eggs. Yeah. And I had no idea I was disgusting Alex. It's not other people doing time. it. It's like
4: I constantly live in fear that someone's going to like give me an egg sandwich. Right. Oh, in like a social same, situation. So same. I know that Tony <laughs> has these feelings about eating it. Because as it's well. yuck
8: or because you'd feel yuck for it's eating it? It's just an intimate thing. <laughs> <laughs> <So you're... laughs> an egg <What> sandwich. <laughs> if you have a no. private retreat to go to to eat the sandwich.
4: Fine. That would be fine. I'd. Le- I need a panic room, <laughs> like this studio. <laughs> Tiny And you eat eggs in there, and you eat like the last oh, little no. bit of the kebab. I'm, like a mess.
1: <laughs> I'm fine with an egg sandwich. I thought we were just talking about whole boiled eggs, which are a particular shameful item. Tasty. Don't get me wrong. It.
5: I reckon most of the bully people
1: at school fine. for
6: having hard-boiled <laughs> eggs for that. <lunch>.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I bet you did.
6: Didn't <laughs> you bully people at school? Yeah. Oh my god, god. this <laughs>
2: is rocking the nation. It is. This debate. I think Simon. Louisa, had a, what does the literature uh, say about eating boiled eggs? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying
8: to think of like some great examples of egg eating in literature. Sure, Surely Roald Dahl wrote in fucking so. Moby Dick or some shit. Yeah, I don't sure. know.
2: Tell us what the, uh, the, the, the biggest scandal of the year oh, for, in the scandals. book world was.
8: Yes, yes. Well, there are a couple of international award scandals. Mm. Um, so one of them, I mean, it depends on like how you look at it, whether it's a scandal or not. But the Man Booker Prize for the first time in almost 30 years was jointly awarded. And there's nothing that pisses people more off more than a draw, I think. It's very unsatisfying. And
3: they went one up on the Turner Prize, right? And they gave it to everyone, all the people who <laughs> were in the Turner yeah, Prize. That's, yeah. a, that's a visual art prize rather than yeah. a book one. But it's like the UK is kind of somehow, like, kind of spasming against the idea of all the terrible people running the country and just sharing everything out. But I also think
2: a lot of people were, like, Margaret Atwood probably doesn't need that prize money. Oh,
5: yeah,
8: so to backtrack, uh, so the prize was won by Margaret Atwood for her new book, The Testaments, obviously the sequel to the hugely successful The Handmaid's Tale, which is having a renaissance due to the TV show. Um, And the other winner was um, Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. She is a UK author. Um, follows the lives of multiple characters. Some, uh, some are female. Some are actually they're all female. Some are trans. Some are young. Some are old. Apparently, it's awesome. Full disclosure: I haven't read it. Oh, I have read the, the biggest scandal of them <laughs> all. I know. I know. So yeah, like you say, Leonie, Like people were all like, "Oh, well, does Margaret Atwood really need it?" Like it kind of is a bit stink because you know Margaret Atwood hugely success su- su- <sighs> hugely successful already. Yeah. Bernadine Evaristo hadn't really heard of her before it's a big thing for an author to be able to put man Booker prize winner but stink to have to put in brackets like jointly right. <laughs> but like surely jointly that'll be the most memorable
9: man booker that has ever been awarded right uh, yeah, it I mean, might I even work can't out remember better any others at this moment well, neither can i
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no you're right it's a good story and maybe it'll stick in people's minds a bit longer and we'll have a life other than just being like something that you chuck on the jacket of her next book so um can I add one more award scandalo sure um so John yeah. Banville, also a novelist um he what has he written? ah oh, I don't remember he's Let's written see. some lovely books. books, yep, yep, um, and he got a phone call the day before the Nobel Prize for Literature was to be announced, and um the call came from a um a Swedish telephone number, and they told him that he had won the award. He hadn't won the award. (laughs) He had not won the award.
5: That's the meanest prank ever. It was Ben mean.
8: And you can (laughs) either way. It's worthy of them. Oh, maybe they wouldn't even (laughs) stoop so low. Um... (laughs) And so there's a a really sad article that you can view um online on the Irish Times I believe and the headline is I believed it and there's a little sad <laughs> photo of John Banville's sad wee face so I do recommend looking at this of Freud
0: This is so, that's sort of the opposite of when Ashley Young won her mysterious international prize oh, yes. for her book of essays and she you know thought it was a spam email right. because <laughs> because she had never heard of the award that's a very kiwi
2: reaction it really oh, must be a mistake yeah. toby you should interview that guy at the reader writers festival next year
3: john banville yeah i'll oh, sort it out yeah, no okay. yeah. <laughs> that.
2: we all yeah. want to hear about that first
3: um line. i was gonna say on the highlights and lowlights we kind of we've touched on it Uh, glancingly, but we should mention Christchurch before we get out of that that period of it, which was, I mean, I think probably, I mean, low light almost seems glib to describe it, but what happened in Christchurch on on the 15th of March was also crazily kind of a highlight in some ways, both because, I mean, in terms of some of the things that everybody seemed to learn as a result of that, and I think... Particularly, we've had the misfortune in recent decades to see a lot of political responses to appalling terrorist acts that have used those acts in kind of quite naked, politically expedient ways. Um, most recently, with Boris Johnson and that um, attack on the on on uh, London Bridge, where he immediately used it as a campaigning <laughs> tool. Um, and I think that the political response to that led by Jacinda Ardern and From the Muslim community in Christchurch was kind of incredible, and so I just sort of thought we should just worth acknowledging um, along the way.
2: It was definitely the saddest thing that's happened to our wee nation in a long time.
1: It was shocking. I remember I worked through quite a few bad things happening in New Zealand, such as the Christchurch earthquake, and I just remember I never didn't feel I don't know it just was so shocking and just awful and upsetting.
2: It brought out the best in our leaders, but I hate to say it, it has opened the door to a lot of public racist sentiment. For some reason, after all of that outpouring of love by Mm. so many people Mm. in New Zealand and all around the world, it also somehow gave a bunch of white supremacists permission to go harder than
9: ever. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think there was a brief period in which it looked like we might actually become a less racist nation yeah, as a result yeah. of it, and and I kind of feel like yeah. a lot of that sentiment among people who didn't already necessarily hope for it to happen, a lot of that sentiment has already dissipated.
2: Um, and then of course, uh, our most recent natu- national tragedy was um, the awful eruption on Fakadi. but again, um, it has brought out a lot of the best of of people in the Bay Pliny and in Fakatani and. I feel like uh, a lot of the international families that are here grieving um, for the people that have survived and not survived uh been embraced by the locals really well, which is it's nice totally. to see.
1: Yeah, as we had a piece from Catherine Delahunty at the weekend, I think, about how tangata whenua really lift us up. And, you know, we're so lucky to have that in New Zealand in times of tragedy and how they're looking after the international families so well.
7: Fucking scary place to live in New Zealand, though. Like, yeah. yeah, this is very, very full on, but these volcanoes are everywhere.
2: Yeah, I used to have nightmares when I was a kid about the fact that I was just surrounded by volcanoes. Anyone else?
1: Well, I grew up in, in Wellington, Wellington so <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's what you want to do is live it. on
3: a volcanic field, right? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: we're all fucked up. I, I lay
1: awake for about a year when I was about eight, scared of earthquakes because they just kept happening thinking I was going to die in the Wellington okay. yeah
8: to me it's more frightening the thought of you know when you go when you're a tourist or when you're doing any activity and you, you assume that someone's in charge and that someone's mm. responsible and that everything because I've always been really anxious and I'm always like huh, huh, what about this what about that and then my go-to to calm myself down is to say look people don't just make you do something really dangerous for yeah fun. yeah like we wouldn't
1: be going if there was any risk. At sort of. yeah, exactly. the
7: same time that's part of the appeal. The the reason why people were there was because it's risky and scary and it's nature on the edge. Like
8: And that is why I will never go. So yeah. I actually
9: went on a White Island tour last year and and it was very, very clear from it that the number one risk was not an eruption. Even though the guides did talk about the fact that there could be an eruption, the number one risk was basically tourists walking off the path like uh, i i think people have focused on the eruption as being what the danger was of white island but really uh, it's sort of a strange place to have tourism at all because it's literally if you take one step in the wrong direction you'll fall into like an acid lake oh right which uh, i i mean in hindsight you know everyone's an expert but also in hindsight there was probably going to be some sort of disaster at some stage with this, and and maybe people should have seen it coming a little bit more. Were you on LSD when you were walking
5: around? Why <laughs> Absolutely
9: not. I've never done anything illegal in my life.
2: So... <laughs>
5: <laughs> let's record, I, I, show we? <laughs> He's
4: just grinning right. All right. On <laughs> right. Well, okay. From
2: my knowledge, uh, in the interests of lifting our spirits without seeming glib, um, I would like everybody's highlights of the year. They can be your personal highlight. They can be on the co of uh, whatever your podcast is about. Let's just let's just uh, tell the world what we're feeling good and happy about from 2019. We start with you, Alex, and go this way
9: about this year or next year this year uh this year um i think from the perspective of the Offspin podcast learning to really love cricket again you know uh, it's always been a, a relationship which has been so much more heavy emphasis on the hate part of the love hate relationship um but this year i think uh, you know win or lose it was just it was just beautiful to see wow you so, were beautiful not. to listen to as well alex
2: you were
5: alex i loved it <laughs> My highlight
9: was
7: at Wellington on a Plate, which is a really incredible festival. It was the first time I visited, and it's just a month-long celebration of all the amazing things New Zealand does with food, and they get incredible international guests as well, and I got to be fed by and then hang out with Nancy Silverton. Oh my God, so jealous. uh, Who was one of, you know, people say never meet your heroes, but she... um, was an amazing cook and super cool and very very tolerant of my fandom as well, which was <laughs> kind of her.
2: It is very nice,
1: Alice. Uh, my highlight is equally as highbrow, and that it is Mad Chapman's chip ranking, which was <laughs> oh, yeah. at, in March I think. Um, and it just just gladdened my heart, and it gladdened the hearts of the nation, and so made some angry. people very angry. And it got a lot of clicks for the food section. Damn. My yeah, favourite part no of that. wonder you loved it. But it's just, I reread them recently, her her original post and then the response. And it's just, so just, oh, I just love it. It's just so good.
7: Disgruntled people were calling the general manager of Freedom Farms, our uh, wonderful sponsors of the food section, demanding that the rankings be changed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I like yeah, we' how took it very
2: way way serious, seriously. yeah, all yeah. the way over your head Go to the poor money. hillary follow the money thanks hillary
1: <laughs> thanks Hillary
2: um my highlight of the year, just to be a real corny corn dog is basically just continuing to work at the spinoff
5: I'm
2: thankful for the spinoff nz I believe in independent media, and I think the people who listen to what we do and read what we do believe in it as well. And it's just a year-long highlight to work here oh, at this wonderful place. Duncan's weeping. I know, Duncan's crying. <laughs> and if you
7: love the spin-off too, please join the members.
5: Yes. Yes.
7: Uh, if you want to see great independent journalism continue to be made, you can help support that.
3: If you, unless you want to see Duncan Grieve crying tears of pain rather than joy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: take either. Yeah. There you go. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference with it's him. It's true. Tears, joy, sadness. <laughs> yeah. Louisa, highlights?
8: Um, I think for me and probably for the podcast, I'm just going to speak for paper cuts, um, going down to Verb um, Literary Festival in Wellington, this was the first year where they had expanded from LitCrawl, which is quite a small wee um, little bookish festival, into something much larger with international guests and so on. And... It was just a really lovely vibe, um wellington famously way more chill than auckland sorry about it um, <laughs>
2: yes. no apologies.
8: <laughs> there was nary an iron gray bob or you know <gasps> oh, twin set sharp elbowed pensioners trying to trample you sorry i, I had a bit is, of a time the at the one, last right? auckland <laughs> festival <laughs> um, so really do recommend that um if you guys have the ability next november or this coming november i forget which one it is um, to check that out down in Wellington,
3: I agree. with oh, that. yeah, I saw you there. Having got, uh, been to a bit of that, and just think, Claire Maybe and Andrew Laking just do an amazing job. Fuck they're yeah, doing the best in the country what they do.
8: And actually, Claire Maybe will be um, she's curating the Wellington uh, the International Festival of the Arts, um, their Book Week um, this coming. February let's say March
3: dinner I'll be interviewing John Bamble Oh <laughs> That was quick yeah.
2: Shit Alright Alex Casey
4: Hello um, I have a lot Real pod wise uh, and, and kind of personally I mended my relationship With Erin Simpson oh. This year oh. Which is a huge Highlight
2: yeah. for me You might have just Ruined it again With the egg
4: It was tough yeah. like, she, knows. It. <laughs> she knows She um, knows And I'd also like To nominate Are we doing our Object The Hall of Famers
2: we're going to do our honours oh. and dishonours list after this. Oh, okay. We'll Stay do both at hold it. Once, So, Stay yeah, hold it. on There's to personal that
4: highlight. Um, Also, uh, meeting Sophie Hanford, my doppelganger slash climate strike extraordinaire, uh, really made me feel positive about the future in a way that I have not felt <laughs> for a very yeah. long time. All those young women uh, leading the charge with the climate strike. be just, okay. Oh, made me cry on the train home after meeting her. And also she looks like me so i get a lot of nice messages when she wins awards
2: (laughs) (laughs) great duncan uh
6: what you said before which made me weep a little bit just a couple of cheeky (laughs) cheeky tears um that that was that was very nice um uh real pod wise um i'm just going to do a complete the, the twin set from my um low light and say that married at first sight australia was the absolute, like, it was unbelievable. Like, it, I mean, I don't think it should be a thing that exists in the world, to be clear. Like, it was <laughs> decadent and depraved and all kinds of wrong. But, like, Sam, Dan, and his and Jess, like, cheating, oh, that was conniving, amazing. just appalling human behaviour, but went into it with the most open eyes and closed hearts. <laughs> guaranteed that we all lost and it was just the whole specter of it was just the most riveting like nauseating extraordinary television experience cool. i think during the there was this sort of final interview thing that we watched as a group one of the last things we did before jane left the country and it was it was like it was what just one of the most, the the best most bizarre like how is this where humanity is just the bleeding edge of what we're doing to one another mostly online but in this case like on chairs in a room um and it was it was freaking spectacular also one last i'm just gonna keep doing this because i actually have to go now which is a classic real pod staple that i'm just really gonna is. insert really into, is. into the SuperPod. uh carly jepson was a show that i've been waiting a long long time for and um I was at the town hall, everything He's was bathing aben- this again. kind of. I am crying <laughs> again. I'm crying out of all my pores. Um- it, it was just bathed in the soft pink light there were a lot of people crying at the freaking venue just nakedly weeping at the the quality of the, of the performance and the songs which said so much to us and everyone was just dancing like it was their last night on earth which who knows you know one of them and and it was just it was beautiful <laughs> I was so happy I was so happy I wanted to live forever in that moment fucking crying again um <laughs> courage I adore you with my whole heart I know you're listening I gotta go
2: <laughs> bye Duncan bye Duncan bye Duncan <laughs> I'm oh, out. You crazy geek. Get out. Wow.
5: Toby. Talk us through well, he's it. He's just
3: left, so um my highlight was easily the time that we did a video in which every it was meant to be a promotional video for the book, but every one of the spinoff did their impression of Duncan dance,
5: <laughs> oh, <it's so> <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: and it was it was quite special, and um, it's kind of now buried forever in a vault. Yeah, it's um, a shame we can't share it with the world. Of yeah. brick. well, Duncan we, can it's, it's, we with know where world. it is. So if 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 it, if, it, if things ever go fully belly up, we can use it in, for blackmail purposes. <laughs> good, good point. Um, and uh, less seriously, since we went to be a political podcast, I guess I felt that the um, zero carbon bill. Well, a m- long way from perfect was the fact that it was supported across the house, apart from Ben's close personal friend David Seymour. <laughs> um, was well, was was was, was a pretty names. amazing moment, and hopefully we'll get better from here rather than being wound back. But I thought that was a pretty huge moment.
0: Politically, the high my highlight was very similar to Alex's. Um, I met my doppelganger, Matt Ducey. <laughs> <laughs> from national yet to meet my other (laughs) doppelganger and what's christopher luxon
5: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if he
3: if he did if he goateed up he might be
0: national is heading into 2020 with the finest looking stable of candidates (laughs) for quite some time (laughs) and if ted johnston grew a (laughs) goatee
1: yes
3: um, Simon Day just did a visual gag, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> knows who knows who Ted Johnson <laughs> I don't know who that a, is. Uh, a mayoral um, candidate uh, whose poster we naturally have in the recording studio
1: in Auckland.
5: This Are is you only to Auckland.
1: Steal,
3: those? So uh, I didn't
1: steal it. Generally, it wasn't
5: stolen. And cut. <laughs> it was about
7: to blow into the sea at Cox's Bay, so I rescued it uh, from the environment. And yeah. brought it back to the office because Toby uh, Morris loves Ted Johnston's billboard so much.
4: It yeah, is like Toby Morris wants it. it's international waters. It's not yeah. exactly. It's not a crime.
0: And in in terms of uh, political stuff, obvious, you know, the highlights are, uh, you know, the admirable bipartisanship on the carbon zero bill uh, act. Now, the um, the response to the Christchurch shooting from the major parties, and. Another highlight, I think, is um, actually the announcement of the port move, which I and my colleague Matthew Hooten have been banging on about for years um just on a personal visceral level oh my it's, god it's kind of
5: encouraging oh my god
3: <laughs> to to shut down this shameless PR shilling Yeah to the
2: please continue but not for too long it, it,
0: well no I mean it it is nice because we were promised a transformational government we were promised big changes you know the rollback of neoliberalism whatever now i don't know whether the port move you know counts in that regard but it is actually an example of the government finally being bold about something big which is you know something that we have you know that has been absent for a couple of years um on a personal level note the best thing i've done this year is spend four months living in the bush down in waikara moana oh great. yeah So yeah,
2: um, you've gone full too, Hoi.
0: well yeah well commercial commercial disclaimer i've been doing some work for my friends at Tuhoy. um they've been putting me up <laughs> next to the lake um but you know in it when we see you know, like this shitstorm with Owairaka, you know, with with people sort of um, trying to kind of, you know, second-guess the treaty settlement process. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, attacks from the left about the inadequacy of the sort of process. And then when you actually see, you know, an example of a post-settlement iwi, which is really sort of forging ahead and doing really great things for its people, for its environment, um, you know, it makes you pretty happy to be a New Zealander, I think.
2: Manamoto Hake. Kia ora Kia ora. Um so that was our highlights. Um I've asked you all to come prepared with um entries for the third annual uh honor spin off honours board and the spin off dishonours board. Um, so staying with Alex again, um, please tell me your entry for the Honours Board and the Dishonours Board.
9: Um, the Honours Board is a really easy one. Uh, Jimmy Neesham is easily the most famous person to come on our podcast, so that's that's very, very clear. And, and you know, he was quite a good talker as well and stuff, but mostly the fame thing. Um, Dishonours Board, also about a guest on our podcast. I'm going to put Callum Henderson up there, former oh! spinoff contributor because he he like we we recorded a podcast at about two in the morning after the sri lanka game with him um he we had, was drunk. he was very drunk and yeah, look, we mine. recorded we recorded for about an hour and got 25 minutes of material out of it because he kept on fucking defaming Simon Doyle
5: <laughs> and quite frankly you
9: know that it was it was just a pain in there at that time of night I was just not into it
6: would you consider part. releasing the raw audio for a sort of a private audience
9: yes yes indeed as long as pl- platinum it never platinum makes spin-off sense members status yeah. you get to listen
3: you as an, as an amateur
7: podcast C. producer, I had to edit that at the 4 o'clock in the morning while the sober driver for the group as well, so it was very unfair. Callum goes on my <laughs> shit list as well.
2: Uh, my, your honours list, please, My, my
7: honours board is uh, Darius Lolae and Bex Schmidt, who run Kazador. Um It's just that premise is not supposed to work. It's a weird spot at the end of Dominion Road. They have a time-consuming attention to detail and use... Produce that Dariush himself has shot. You know, he makes his own charcuterie. It's just, they're only open four days a week. They have this investment in their staff's health um, that's just really amazing in the hospitality industry and super necessary. Yeah. Toast. Oh. 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 Colin. Uh, Tita? Yeah. What a very shaken up <laughs> bottle of champagne. <laughs> off, um, and Darry and Darius is so fucking hot. I I just love to imagine him coming out of the bush with a uh, <laughs> with a deer with a deer on his back That's not I imagine Ben Thomas chair.
3: Going to the airport. After <laughs> winter <after> winter.
1: <laughs> Simon honestly talks about Dariush in like every podcast we do. Yeah, so he's a very good-looking he man. He's a very good-looking man.
7: Shout out Dariush! Uh, I've got—I've really got this Iranian thing that I love. Um, <laughs> what? And the dishonours list is the New Zealand public and the amount they complain about how much food costs. It's really, really hard running a cafe or a restaurant, and if I hear anyone complaining about a four-dollar flat white again, I'm gonna foot trip you, like. <laughs> You need to understand how much you can pay six bucks for a flat white and people are still making like 5% margin. So invest in the wonderful cafes and restaurants that we have here because it's a real hustle to survive and stop fucking moaning all the time. (laughs) Yeah. All of you, you're on on watch, New Zealand. I'm coming for you.
2: Okay. Thank you for that very menacing (laughs) entry onto the dishonors board.
1: Uh, Alice? Uh, my honours list, I have two. You guys can choose which one you want. The first one is the Caritza, which <laughs> is a curry pizza hybrid that has emerged in Wellington. I reviewed mm. it, as I'm sure you all remember, and What read. kind of
3: curry is it? It's
1: any curry you want. It's oh. like a curry pizza topped with an array of... Did you not read? Did you not read my yes, review? Yes, I did,
0: but I read so
3: many of your things.
1: that I huh, sometimes yeah, I just it. write so much. It's just, is <laughs> there like a is there
0: like a snob thing, like kind of like pineapple on pizza, where people are like oh, butter chicken on pizza?
1: Oh yeah, people. Some people were horrified by the curry. Like a but... nice
3: dry curry, the sloppy one is no, obviously oh, it, work, was, but it uh... was.
1: I got like a paneer, some sort of spicy mm-hmm. paneer. It was beautiful. Was it mm-hmm. the, the best thing you had all year? Uh no, but it just popped into my mind when I thought honors board. Great. Uh, but also, then I thought slushies should be on the honours board. Remember Absolutely. slushies?
5: Yeah.
1: Slushies! So either of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and dishonours? Dishonours uh is... Teagle.
5: Oh. And all big
1: chicken, nasty, nasty intensive chicken farming, like the one where 190,000 chickens died recently, which did not even dent. New Zealand's cheap chicken supply. You should Google what those factories look like because they're pretty grim.
3: Oh. I'm imagining what teagle slushies would taste like. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's,
1: just what, that's
2: what chicken nuggets are made out of. Yeah, isn't? true. Yeah. What that's about a karitsa slushie? Now you're talking. <laughs> um, thank you for that. What about you, Leonie? Uh, so my honours board, um, I would like to enter Te Fatu who are um, a youth indigenous climate group here in New Zealand. They're currently um, at the COP25 climate conference, just fucking shit up and making trouble, protesting, getting kicked out of stuff.
1: Good on them.
2: These guys are so cool. And um, much like um, Alex's faith in Sophie Hanford, um, they're mostly young women, but there's a couple of young men in there. um, These activists really give me hope that the world is not completely fucked and that uh, Indigenous um, values when it comes to climate change and crisis might actually be listened to because they're very hard to ignore, which is what I love about them most. Um, Dishonours board, it's going to be a tie between the whining assholes on Oi O wairaka. We have no right oh, to be yeah. there protesting about a bunch of trees that don't
1: mean nothing to nobody. Leonie, they're mana whenua. They arrived by <laughs> yes. plane
2: 50 years ago. Lisa Prager gets a special <laughs> shout-out for claiming to be mana whenua. She can fuck right off. <laughs> um, and they are tied with Garrick Tremaine, who knows what he did. Yeah, that was, yeah. Um, Because the entire country told him to go away and jump in the bin. and He lost his job, his... Terrible, terrible racist cartoon. But to be fair, it's not the first racist cartoon he has created for the Otago Daily Times. It's just the one he got fired for. So uh, the editor gets a dishonourable mention as well because we all know he only bowed to
9: pressure. Mm
1: Hmm.
2: So those are my entries.
5: You go
9: right on. Can I just say one thing about the um the the dishonour one for Garrett Tremaine and the editor? Could I just maybe put the other odt staff on the honors board for speaking
2: yes, out about it totally yeah. good one. they were great they stood up for themselves yeah i did yes all
8: right um so for the honors board i thought it would be a real sucker up and um these are objects i hope that's okay um for the honors board put the spin-off book yay, yay! I know, so gross, sorry
3: 50 no, um, dollar notes sliding Duncan's so crying to you again, guys you and, you and to
8: also my you. own employers <laughs> just like killing all those birds um, and for the dishonors board, it's a bit of a tie really and it's a bit tenuous that this is related to books but um, the cats trailer um, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> was very horrifying and if I can just like quickly tell a quick anecdote is that um, so It's based on the book by um, T.S. Eliot. And it turns out that the rights for this production are basically what has kept um, the book publishing company Faber & Faber afloat for many years. Wow. Um, So I I found this out because I went to a talk by the, um, I think, the head of publishing at Faber & Faber. Either way, some, some descendant of the Fabers. And he mentioned that. And so before I even knew what was happening, my hand went up. And I asked a question, and the question was, what did you think of the Cats trailer? <laughs> it was quite a serious literary event. <laughs> he was a good spot. What did he say? He was like, oh, I think it was quite interesting. <laughs> 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 That's a direct quote. <laughs> awesome. And then um, also, if you guys um, are interested in scammers, we did cover this on the podcast quite early in the year, but um, Dan Malloy, a.k.a. A.J. Finn, Um really really great story about him he is a crime novelist um he basically lifted the plot for his novel from um the film copycat he also has told many many lies about his life including having um, cancer and all sorts of things mother dying brother dying so really recommend checking that out it's a great scam story story. awesome from the
6: new yorker right
1: Yes, in the New Yorker. Very good. Yeah. I Great. thought it might be on the spinoff.co.nz. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I retract. <laughs> I retract That's that.
4: Copy and paste it. we will It's my turn. Good. Yes, yeah. Alex Casey. Mine are both objects too. Cool. Um, my honours object is, um, again, I'm not sucking up to her, but it's Erin Simpson's wedding ring. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, sucking up. The wedding yeah. rings of Erin Simpson and Zach Franich, who uh, got married last month, their rings were 3D printed by Dane Rumble. which i just think is just like it's gorgeous
2: it's a gorgeous Gorgeous. thing it's
4: a gorgeous thing it sits alongside like i think it was last year that i put the max key fidget spinner in this holy honors board it's just that kind of collusion of bizarre technology and like celebrities that i just absolutely love it's in the
2: metaphorical real pod museum if not the actual real pod museum i'm working on it i'm working on it i'm trying to
4: get into the will Um,
5: (laughs) and i'm sure this podcast has helped a lot
4: (laughs) my dishonor is the object is uh the waipu terror doll oh yeah the scariest thing of the year the ancient doll that disappeared Mm -hmm. from the museum in waipu and was returned the next day in a bread bag without its hair (laughs) (laughs) just horrible and i
1: think about it all the time (laughs) i think about it at least twice a day
4: And I just think we need to know more. That's another eight thousand word feature yeah. really coming, in
1: 2020.
2: coming in twenty twenty. Coming twenty twenty. Thank <laughs> you, you Alex. Story Duncan, who's who's back? Miraculously, yeah. We don't
6: know why. We don't need to know. <laughs> well, I had an optional meeting at two, and I've got a mandatory at three. So if we're still going, I could yet make a second great escape. <laughs> uh, so my my hall of famer is Trev Ooh, from Trev. the Great Kiwi Bake Off. Oh
5: <laughs> hey. <laughs>
6: uh, Trevor, like, I, I think I might have... I've certainly enlisted this type of person for various, um, you know, uh, honours of... of like, I, I get confused. I think we have, like, some kind of real pod annual events right, where I uh, nominate people for various things. But anyway, Trevor embodies this particular type of kind of renaissance kind of dude that I'm powerfully attracted to as, as, a, as a personality. He like runs Iron Man, grows plums, is this army bloke. He's got he's just an extraordinary baker. Like incredibly creative <laughs> and ambitious. Misreads briefs but but somehow brings it home. He's got this tussle of, of curly hair at the front. He's he's both like incredibly ambitious and sort of fastidious, but also just monumentally generous, will down tools to help struggling competitors in the, the slightest, uh, you know, opportunity. And, you know, he's, he's now the sole surviving uh, man on uh, Bake Off and couldn't, and, and he just, he participates in the, the spirit of the show beautifully. And Trevor's just just, we could all stand to be a little bit more like Trev, basically. What Thanks, was
1: his selfie biscuit? Was it CrossFit or F forty five? I can't remember. it was, no. a, it
4: was eat clean. It said eat clean,
1: train mean,
4: and
5: yeah, I Right, age. yeah. Trev's
6: like a mounting <laughs> running. Like he's he's built like he's
1: Duncan's idol.
6: Yeah, I've got a lot <laughs> of time for breaking to try Duncan. Yeah, uh, and and my dishonest board. Like this guy is objectively bad, which is why I put him on the dishonest board. But I also think he's a real classic Kiwi joker and you know so he uh he's a nude burglar um (laughs) from northland (laughs) who uh tried to go for a swim in uh in and on in in a private pool and on finding that the cover was on the pool he downed trow and took a pee into the pool and then having been halfway there decided to disrobe completely (laughs) and wash himself in the spa, which is a detail I kind of missed at the time, and when he'd finished this whole operation, ran off with a giant inflatable art swan, <laughs> and it just like we cover a lot of odd, new, odd stuff yes. <laughs> on uh, on RealPod, and that one just really stayed with me, just the the narrative arc. I'm surprised to hear
2: he's on your dishonors list because he sounds like someone you'd be friends with.
6: <laughs> yeah, look, I, I was—I I actually had a cold too. I was like, was that me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you just you never know what you get up so to. So, was he a serial offender? I mean, it, I don't think you do that in isolation. I think you escalate. Has he been that. caught? No. It also said he was in his 20s, even though they had, they had very grainy footage. I don't know. There's a lot in the story. Another 8,000 yeah, words yeah. coming in. It sounds in like a
2: podcast. Commissioned. To be honest Do True we know crime.
6: What part of New Zealand Northland. This was in? Northland uh, like, So in of,
7: it's not the same guy Taking dumps In Mate, the Southland pool You can travel Could All
6: be. around the country now Could be part of that our-
2: <laughs> Planes <laughs> All the roads are paved
7: <laughs>
0: lock, lock, lock down all the Jetstar domestic fares Until we know What's going on Yeah
2: Good point <laughs> Great Thank you Those are great additions Toby Um
3: Inspired by the Egg based conversation earlier, <laughs> I'd forgotten it's But um, the um Egg boy who Yay! was uh, the guy who yeah, you know. um, the guy who uh, egged the Senate senator Fraser Anning, mm-hmm. the Queensland senator, who blamed the um, the Christchurch mosque attacks <laughs> brilliantly on Muslims? <laughs> Get that yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, and then also raised a whole lot of money and gave it to uh, to Christchurch-based charities and stuff, which was very cool. And if we're going to include him, we also have to include Abdul Aziz, who was the um, a uh, furniture shop owner who was at the Linwood Mosque who attacked mm. the uh, shooter with an FPOS machine. Yes. Which is fucking hard out and it incredibly is. cool. Yes. And saved some lives in the going. And doing so somehow kind of summed up a lot of things. Um, so he he goes, he goes up there too. And finally, just to be sentimental since um, we're saying nice things, to Tina and Alice who've yes. been recording all our podcasts. Oh all year
2: our podcast getting rid
3: of our defamations keeping us um, keeping us happy and so thank you and guys for that jail thanks
2: guys oh and guys. D- bad one dishonours bad. bad
3: well again Tina and El no <laughs> <laughs> uh, who did I have oh I just no I've got the, the entire nation of Australia yeah um, <laughs> which is uh, presently on fire and kind of you know illustrating a kind of unmistakable uh painful catastrophic tangible tragic sense the impact of um human created climate change and still this most shocking state of division and um incapacity to properly confront those sorts of issues Mm -hmm. the terrible culture wars and it's real bad let's not be like them
2: bad shame ben thomas
0: because Toby already took people who tackled gunmen. Um, on his board, yeah, I mean, you know, when you see things like the response to the Ficate eruption, you know, with chopper pilots just kind of casually dropping in um, into a, an ash cloud to go out and pull people off, you know, an erupting volcano. And then, you know, if you're anything like me, you think, I sit down at a desk and write all day (laughs) and I, and I occasionally take brave stands by saying something mean about someone, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) and, uh, and, 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 you know, and when you, when you sort of start to, you know, you know, when you start to think about, you know, what these, you know, pretty everyday people are like, um, in an emergency, it's extremely humbling and extremely awe inspiring um dishonors list i just want to start getting very obscure again peter hughes the state services commissioner oh,
9: <laughs> you know we are in auckland right now
0: it's what,
5: <laughs>
0: i'm just saying what everyone is thinking <laughs>
3: is there a maths metaphor
0: the,
7: is there an elaboration like no
0: or? no although did you, you now who, who was the who was the who was the 50 something maths um, christopher christopher looked a lot like nigel ladder right and I, can't, and I can't figure out if no. that's why I dislike him or Nigel Ladder. <laughs> um, but no, Peter Hughes, state services commissioner, has over the last few <laughs> years and continued this year to oversee uh, just an extraordinary lack of accountability in our public service. Gabs McClough, the, you know, I was hacked by Russians, you know, when he had just like left everything up on the website, leading to an unprecedented budget leak. Um... Escaped any kind of censure from Peter Hughes, who seems to be running the public service like an old boys network. This is the kind of thing that, you know, as a society, we should be trying to move away from this kind of patronage and sort of feudal system. Um, and recently, a, a bit of legislation, a, state's, a new state sector act has been uh, introduced, designed by Hughes, and nobody even knows what it does. Um, but it's a reshaping of our public service in the image of, you know, whatever the Wellington Club sort of uh, public sector Equivalent is. Anyway, just to end on that populist note.
5: (laughs) that
6: (laughs) was Ben Thomas's honest opinion,
7: (laughs) to be
9: clear. It was Uh, very brave, though. Very, very brave to say.
2: (laughs) Um, Where will
7: Nigel Ladder be on the Labour list next year, Ben?
2: He made it quite clear he's not running for nobody (laughs) on Twitter.
0: I just, just labor like, need Labour needs to sort out its celeb problem. <laughs> they need to they need to purge Nigel Ladder. They need to change their cell phone numbers. They need to tell yes, Jason yeah. Kerrison to stay in his fucking arc. Yes. And-
2: <laughs> Great, thank you. Hey, um I'm just gonna take advantage um of my position as host to add one more person slash no group to my honors list who I forgot, which is the Fano at Ihu Seoul have shown just the most amazing tenacity and mana and leadership this year. We don't know if they're gonna have any success coming going into twenty twenty. Um but they have absolutely made history, I think, um, for Māori and uh, for standing up for themselves and for us, which I'm very for which I'm very grateful. Um, and on that note, it's been an hour. Well done, guys. Yay. Can we get
7: an actual honours board like they have at Lords, where each year you know, in some gold writing, we put yeah. all these uh, names yeah. up on there?
3: Did we do honours board the first first time round? We did, it? yeah. Right, so there's three years.
2: Worth. There are three years worth of honours wow. and dishonours. It's wow. a they're great lists.
0: So and it's only and it's only like ten to twenty people per year with extensive footnotes. <laughs> yeah, so. a, lot
5: of pe- a lot of
2: people come back in two or three, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great. Hey, thanks, everyone. I'm cutting us off. That's it for us. Um, A huge thank you to our producer and angel, Tina, and her co-producer, Alice. Um, And thank you for all the support that you give all the pods throughout the year. Um, Everybody look out for a special Christmas reel pod on Boxing Day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, and go to our podcast page on thespinoff.co.nz to check us all out um, and we also have a pop-up podcast right now the Spinoff off book out loud where some of us read from the spin-off book which is available in all good bookstores Um all of our podcasts are available on itunes and stitcher and wherever good pods are um, and if you want to continue to support the work we do as simon said Check out spinoff members. You can support us for as little as a dollar a week and it makes a lot of difference. It's election year next year. We need independent media more than ever. Thank you for listening and we'll see you all again next year. Hey, Te Rato. Hey, Kona. Thanks, mate. Thanks for <laughs> <me on it.
5: laughs>